You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Of the living God, I open my heart. I incline my ear to the hearing and the receiving of your word. I thank you that as your word goes in, my life is about to go up. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God one more great praise. Hello, you may be seated. Can we thank the musician singers? Didn't they do a great job this morning? Absolutely fantastic. Wonderful to see handsome Brycey Betlam back up here. And uh, Dr. Matt and Michaela and the magnificent team here. What a, what a fantastic campus. I've got to tell you, I'm a little bit spoiled. Coming, I've been here two weeks in a row, and Leanne was a little bit upset because she's preaching in a tent. True story at our East Campus right now. She's like, How come you get the. And I said, Well, you know, when you misbehave. What? I'm very brave when she's not around. Oh, it's so beautiful to see you. Just, just turn your palms towards heaven. Just turn your palms towards heaven. We, 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 we're literally living in, in uh, what can be a very disconcerting, uh, emotionally challenging, discouraging moment in America. And I want you to know you did the right thing. You came to the house of God. And the word that you're about to hear this morning will lift you up. Is going to lift up your hope, is going to lift up your courage, is going to lift up your faith. The Bible says, lift up the shield of faith, which means that this world has a tendency, not just with gravity, but just with circumstances and situations where we drop our shield of faith, we, we drop our hope, we, we drop our expectations, we lower our, but I want you to know the word of the Lord is with you. The, the favor of God is upon you. God loves the United States of America. There is a battle over every nation between good and evil. And uh, you and I are here to ensure the victory of good triumphing over evil. Psalm 125 verse 3, let me just prophesy this. The scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous lest the righteous stretch out their hands to iniquity. So, Father, we thank you today, Lord God, just, just for great favor, for great blessing. And we prophesy and declare that the, the scepter of wickedness will not rest on this land allotted to the righteous. It will not rest lest the righteous re- reach out their hands to iniquity. Amen. 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 Fantastic. Well, come with me to the book of Revelation chapter 4. We're going to read the first five verses there or the first maybe maybe first two or three verses. Let's just do that. Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. The title of my message this morning is Come Up. Come Up. If you said, hey, what, what is the word of the Lord to me on Sunday after the election? It's Come Up. Come Up. Come Up. God wants to bring you up. If you want a, a word for what is going on in our nation right now, you'll find it in 1 Kings chapter 1. So that's not part of this message, but if you just want to look up something later. 1 Kings chapter 1. In 1 Kings chapter 1 verse 5, there's a, there's a young man by the name of Adonijah. It's got the name Adonai, Lord, and Yah, God is Lord. 
and, uh, and he is a son of, of Haggith, one of David's wives. He is the son of David. David could no longer, no longer get warm. So they know that the, the passing of the kingdom from David is about to happen and who's gonna be the new king over the land. Well, the Bible says that Adonijah gets 50 men to ride in chariots before him, proclaiming him to be king. And he takes Joab, a commander in David's army, and Joab goes with him. Abiathar, the high priest, goes with him. And they go out to a rock called Zohiloth, and they anoint Adonijah, and they blow the trumpets, and they proclaim Adonijah as king. The word of the Lord, or the word gets back to the palace saying to David, did you make Adonijah king? Because if that's true, you better believe that Bathsheba and Solomon, they'll be executed. And David's like, I did no such thing. And then it says that uh, Zadok, the priest, Zadok means righteousness. Zadok, the priest, Nathan, the prophet. Nathan, the prophet was the guy when David sinned with Bathsheba. It was Nathan, the prophet that was there bringing correction to David. Nathan, the prophet is the true prophetic voice of the church in the land. And Nathan, the prophet and Zadok, the priest were with David. And the Bible says, and the mighty men did not go with Adonijah, but the mighty men went with David. And we're living in a season right now where we'll see who the mighty men really are. Joab was the commander of David's army, but because David had to rebuke him over, over an indiscretion, he had a grief in his heart. So he betrays and he goes with Adonijah, thinking if I secure the kingdom with Adonijah, I'll set up my future. That's the age that we live in. And just, just for a little Bible study fun for you, they, they, anoint, they anoint Adonijah king at a rock called Zohiloth, at Zohiloth. Nothing is in the Bible by accident. Zohiloth literally means in the Hebrew, serpent stone. But they take, they take uh, Solomon and they take him out to Gihon. And there at Gihon, they anoint Solomon king over Israel. Gihon, if you read your Bible, which we encourage, <laughs> you'll find Gihon goes all the way back to the very, very first book of the Bible, to the book of Genesis. And in Genesis chapter two, it says a river flowed out of Eden and there it parted and became four river heads. The first one is Pishon, which skirts the land of Havilah, where there's beautiful gold. The second one is Gihon. Gihon is where they anointed Solomon to be king. Gihon is the legitimate flow. It is the flow of God's divine order, divine authority, all the way back to Eden, all the way back to God. There is always a battle with two authorities in the earth, the authority of men and the authority of God. The authority of men and the authority of God. We do well when we put God in authority. We don't do well when we put, and so that's the battle. So I've got some encouraging words for you this morning. Now, just so you know, I got this message three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, I sat down knowing that we were going to be last week, this week. And I wrote three messages in 90 minutes. Now, just so you know, that they're not kind of just like cheap, hashed out little. Um, I, I, I have messages. I've got about 16 messages that are all just kind of scrambled in here. And... Uh, I've got a message, this unbelievable message, mind-blowing message called Time Lord that I'm going to preach at some point. I, I, I thought I was going to preach it earlier. I got it in, in, I got the download in February, but I haven't been able to preach it yet. And at some point, I'm going to preach this message. I wanted to preach it last week, and God said, no, I want to preach it this week. God said, no. But he gave me this message, come up. So come on, Revelation chapter four says this. 
It says, after these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in. Come on, somebody. A door standing open in. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. It doesn't say that the door just happened to open. How, how long was the door open? A moment, a year, a day. May, maybe it was always open. May, may, I, may I say to you today that there is a door open in heaven. God is a God is a door. God is a God that opens doors. God is a God of invitation. God is a God that wants to take you to a new place. He wants to take you higher. He wants to take you up. He wants to take you up in your revelation. He wants you to take you, take you up in your understanding. He wants to take you up in your faith. He wants to take you up in your welfare. He wants to take you up. And so he says, I looked and I saw a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard. Now, let me just give you context. In, in Revelation 1.1, the apostle John says, I, John, who was banished to the Isle of Patmos, was in the spirit I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard, everyone say heard. I heard behind me the sound of a voice that was like rushing mighty waters. And when I turned, there was one walking through the seven golden lampstands and it's Jesus. When, when, you, when you get born again, it's not when you join the church and how, how do we become an affiliate, affiliated member of Awakened Church? You, we're just trying to get people born again. When you are born again and you become filled with the Spirit, you will find that the first thing that changed, change, the first shift is what you hear. So in Revelation chapter 1, he, he, he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me. All of a sudden you'll hear differently. People that used to trick you, people that used to deceive you, now all of a sudden it's like, Man, what they say sounds true, but it doesn't land. It doesn't, it doesn't rest. Remember when, remember when, remember when um, Noah, at the end of the ark, comes to rest on the mountains of Ararat. And he opens a window and first he sets out a raven and that stupid bird doesn't come back. And so seven days later, he, he, sends, out, he sends out a dove. The Bible says she flew and she flew and she flew and she flew and she flew, but she returned. She returned to Noah because there was no place for her to rest her foot. You'll find that when you first get filled with the Spirit, that, that, that you begin to hear different. You'll, you'll hear differently. That, 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 that someone will say something and it just doesn't rest. It doesn't resonate. You don't get taken advantage of because now the spirit of truth is operating on the inside of you. And you can sniff out hypocrisy. You can sniff out false. You can, you'll hear something. You, you can discern the false prophets over a land. You, you can call out fake news when you hear it because you've got a discerner on the inside. But now three chapters later, he goes from what I, what I heard. He says, I was in the spirit on the, the Lord's day. He says, after these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven the first voice which I heard which was like a trumpet speaking with me saying come up here for I must show you things which must take place after this immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one who sat on the throne and then it goes on well he was already in the spirit in Revelation 1 but now Revelation 4 he says immediately I was in the spirit because there are different dimensions in the spirit there are different realms in the spirit. In the first realm, your hearing changes. In the second realm, your seeing changes. 
God wants to bring you and I into a place where everyone else looks and they see hopelessness. Everyone else looks and they see it's over. Everyone else looks and sees despondency, but you can now see differently. There is a door, there is an invitation from heaven. God is always trying to take you up. God is always trying to bring you into a new revelation, into a new understanding, into greater realms of understanding your identity, your authority in Christ, who you are in Christ, what promises He has for you. The world may say this, the doctors may say this, the economists may say this, the medical experts may say this, but what does the Lord say? At the end of the day, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. God says in Ezekiel, I speak and what I speak comes to pass. What I speak comes to pass. So the Spirit of God is always one of come up. But I want you to notice the Spirit of the world is different to the Spirit of God. The Spirit of the world is one of come down. For example, if we go to Matthew chapter 27, Jesus Christ is now crucified. They've nailed Him to the cross and He's crucified and He's on the the side of the street and he's, He's crucified. He's hanging between two thieves. And the Bible says that that people are walking past. And it says, likewise, the chief priests also mocking him with the scribes and the elders said, you know, this man, he saved others himself. He cannot save if he really is the king of Israel. Can we throw the scripture up there? If he really is the king of Israel, verse 42. If he really is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. So the Spirit of God lifts up. The Spirit of the world is pulled down. If He is, let Him come down. Let Him come down. Because the Spirit of this world is a pulled down spirit. Satan was cast down. Lucifer was cast down. So I cast you down into the earth. How you are fallen, O Lucifer, son of the morning. So the Bible Bible book ends in the beginning, Lucifer was cast down. If you go to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 20 says, and then uh, the devil was bound and he was cast down into the pit for a thousand years. So we see the devil beginning and end. The devil is always cast down. He's always cast down. But God is always lift up. God is lift up. Jesus, they, 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 he came down from heaven. He clothed himself in flesh and blood. They crucified him on a cross and they put him into a grave. But on the third day, come on, on the third day, he came up. He came up. He came up. The Bible says, don't, don't lose heart with those who have fallen asleep and that they have no hope. For the dead in Christ shall rise first. And he says, do not think that we will precede those who are left to the second coming of the Lord for the dead in Christ will rise first and then we will join those and we will meet the Lord in the air. We go, we go up. The Spirit of God is always lifting up. The Spirit of the world is always pulling down. The Bible says there was a, a battle in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse three, it says, and there was a mountain on this side, a mountain on that side and a valley went between them. The Israelites were on one mountain and the Bible says that the Philistines were on another mountain. The Bible says for 40 days, one of the Philistines, a giant by the name of Goliath, walked down into the valley. What's interesting is the name Goliath means soothsayer. A soothsayer is like a medium or a, or a, a prophet that does not prophesy by the Spirit of God, but prophesies by occultic spirits by demonic spirits. And for 40 days, he comes down, he says, give me a man that we may fight. Put verse eight up on the screen. Give me a man that we may fight. If he is able to beat me, then we will be your servants. 
But look what he says. He says, choose a man for you. Choose a man for yourselves and let him, let him come down to me. Let him come down to me and fight with me. If he is able to defeat me, then the devil wants you to come down. God wants to bring you up. God is a God of elevation. God is a God of. Come with, come with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 17. The book of Exodus, chapter 17. All right, let me just, as you're turning to Exodus 17, let me, let me just tell you this. We're going to be reading from, from verse 8. Let me just say this, that uh, God is looking for a people. God is looking for a church that, that will, will step into, that will come up into a place of power, authority and dominion. I want you to know the most powerful people in America are not in government. The most powerful people in America are not in hierarchical positions. The most powerful people in America are sitting in front of me in this building right now. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. They may have a title. They may even have authority that is given them to them. But you have the spirit of the living God on the inside of you. You are born again, not from what is perishable, but what is imperishable. The, the spirit of God on the inside of you is eternal. It is everlasting. You are born again. You are filled with a power this world does not know. It is unmatched. It is unparalleled. You are the legitimate sons and daughters of the Most High God. You can have God's Word in your mouth. Now, let me say this, that, that because we live in the 21st century, we, we, we have not realized this, but we have, we have basically allowed ourselves to become conditioned by our environment where I never actually have to have a negative feeling. Because I can go to, I can go to our awesome coffee shop out there and get a, get a flat white. And then, and then I can go out for lunch with the Fens to the awesome restaurants around about here and eat good, the best, some of the best Mexican food on planet Earth is right here in San Diego. And then, and then I can go home and I can binge watch Yellowstone and I can, and I can literally just go from, from, and then I can hang out with the Hubbards and then I can, and so I can literally go from one high, I can go from one up and I can go from one. And so when I feel, when, when chaos happens around me, I don't, ooh, I don't, I don't like this negative fear. Oh, I don't like it. But in the, in the scriptures, the word of the Lord comes to people. And when the word of the Lord comes, it'll always bring a burden. Because when the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, and the reason I use Ezekiel is because in, in my one year Bible, Ezekiel is the book that we're reading at the moment. When the word of the Lord comes to Ezekiel, a burden comes because what he hears is different to what he sees. What he hears is different to what he sees. I think it's around Ezekiel chapter six. It says that um, God was taking Ezekiel on a tour and he says, this is, this is what the children of Israel, and this is what the priests, the people in leadership do to drive me far from the land. There, there, there are people in, in, in high places of authority that, that set things up to drive God far from the land. 
And so he sees all these abominations. He saw, sees the, 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 the image of jealousy, which they've set up. And then he looks and he sees a hole in the wall. And then the word of the Lord comes to Ezekiel and says, Ezekiel, dig through the hole, dig through the hole, because I'll show you even greater abominations than these. And as he digs through the hole, he breaks through. And now he sees the priests and he names some of the priests who were in high, high positions over the land. And he sees them, the women weeping for Tammuz and he sees them worshiping creatures and four-footed beasts and, and, and he's just grieved. And then the next thing he looks up and he sees a man. And the Bible says, the man was clothed in linen and had an inkhorn around his waist. And Ezekiel says, and as I watched, the Lord spoke to the man with the inkhorn. Now listen to what he says. He says, and the Lord spoke to the man with the inkhorn saying, go and put a mark on the forehead of everybody in the city who sighs and who grieves over the abominations of the city. Because destruction is about to come, but protection will rest on those who sigh and grieve. There, there, are, there are moments in our nation, there are moments where there are battles over a land, over a territory, where you will say, my God, what is wrong with me? Because I just feel a sigh. I feel a grief. It's the mark of God. It's the mark of God. But listen, this message is not to say, hey, I'm just going to, hey, we're all just going to sigh and grieve. I'm going to give you the word of the Lord today to say, hey, this is what you do with your sigh and your grief, okay? So watch this. So, so, so watch this. So now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go and fight with Amalek. And so he says, tomorrow I'm going to go up onto the mountain. I'm going to take Aaron and her with me. And I'm going to take the rod of God in my hand. And so the Bible says, so Joshua did as Moses said. He went down into the valley with the army and he's fighting in the valley. But Moses, Aaron and her went up to the top of the hill. Moses, Aaron and her went to the top of the hill. So it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. But when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. That's the key right now. That's the key that I want you to see right now. The enemy, the enemy wants you to believe, A, that the battle is won or lost, or the battle, excuse me, is, is fought, victory is achieved in the valley. No, it's not. No, it's not. Mo Moses, Moses didn't say, hey, let's just stack the valley. Moses, you go down into the valley, but I'm gonna go up onto the mountaintop. And the Bible says, while he had his hands lifted, while the rod of God was in the air on the mountaintop, Israel prevailed. But when the rod came down, Amalek prevailed. The devil knows if he can take away your praise, if he can take away your hope, if he can get you to lower your shield of faith, lift, therefore lifting up our shield of faith by which we're able to extinguish all the fiery darts of the enemy. There were casualties in the valley because of fatigue and weariness on a mountaintop. God is not calling us to go and riot in the streets. God is not calling us to loot, to burn down businesses, to, to use bad language, to throw Molotov cocktails, to desecrate. That's, 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 the devil may say, come down and fight with me. Come down into the gutter. Come down and roll with me in the mud and fight down here and use foul language and violence and bloodshed. But that's not us. That's not us. 
because we are born again with a spirit and we know that there's an open door in heaven and then an invitation to come up. And we know, we know, we know that what happens in the valley is determined by what happens on the mountaintop. Victory in the valley is wrought and brought on the mountaintop. Somebody say amen. So Moses goes up onto the, onto the mountaintop and the Bible says that his hands become heavy. But Moses' hands become heavy, so they took a stone and they, and they put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And they went up. Right now, if you said, Pastor, what do I need? You need they. You need they. Right now, you need a they. Turn off the fake news. Turn off the false prophets. Turn off the negativity. Turn that stuff off. Turn off CNN. Turn that stuff off. And get some brothers and sisters with some faith that are, that are with you on the mountain, that hold your hands up, that support your faith, that support your prayers. It's a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow. They did not bow before the image because Shadrach, Meshach, don't do it, man. Don't do it, man. Don't do it, man. Right now, you need somebody in your right, somebody on your left who's saying, don't compromise. Don't back down. Don't lower your hands. Don't lose your praise. Don't lose your faith. Don't stop hoping. Don't stop believing. Don't back up. Keep stepping up. Keep praying. Keep prophesying. Keep believing. You need an Aaron and a her. So he has his arms lifted. He has his arms lifted. And as his arms are lifted, Israel is prevailing in the valley. When his arms came down, I'm telling you, if the devil can steal your praise, if he can take away your hope, if, if, if he can discourage you, if he can, the devil's always trying to pull down. Joshua's fighting in the valley. He's got to watch the spears coming. He's got to watch the protect, projectiles being thrown. He's, he might be engaging in sword. He's got to watch the, 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 the weaponry. He, 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 he's even aware of what's happening on the mountain. When they started losing, Moses doesn't say, hey guys, let's go down and help Joshua. Moses does not leave his post. May I say to you that the church right now in this battle, in this battle over our nation, we don't need to leave our post, but we need to find our post. In fact, we need to make sure we secure our post. In fact, we need to roll a stone and make sure that we sit, that we sit in the authority, we sit in the position. We are seated in Christ. Christ is the rock. He's the immovable rock of our salvation. We are seated in Christ in the heaven. And what is our posture? That is our posture. Does, is, 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 is Joshua aware of what's happening on the mountain? Maybe not. He's just fighting. He's just fighting. But the Bible says that Moses had his hands lifted until the going down of the sun. And the Lord brought about a great victory. Let me just say this. God was on Instagram long before there was Instagram. God posted a picture all the way back in Exodus 17 of showing you how the victory in the valley would be one on a mountaintop. When I was in the valley of the shadow of death, when I was in the valley of despair, when I was in the valley of depression, when I was in the valley of my own sinfulness, my wickedness, my depravity, when I was in the valley 
of of my addiction, when I was in the valley of brokenness, when I was in the valley of iniquity, when I was in the valley, when you were in the valley of your alcoholism, your drugs, your infidelities, when you were in the valley of hopelessness, I want you to know that while you were in the valley, God had a plan on a mountaintop. Joshua is fighting in the valley. But as the sun is setting, there's an image that begins to form on the mountain. Maybe he looked, maybe he didn't. The Bible doesn't say. But if Joshua would have turned his head, this is what he would have seen. This is what he would have seen. He would have seen Moses with the rod of God, with Aaron on one side and her on the other. God was posting an Instagram picture of saying, one day there will be a battle in the valley, but it won't be just over Israel. It'll be over planet Earth. And let me tell you, my Moshe, my drawn out one, my deliverer, my Moses will go up. But watch this. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. Moses was up on the mountaintop and the Bible says his hands were supported by Aaron and her. When Jesus came, Jesus said, listen, tonight, my disciples, all of you will scatter because of me. As the scripture says, so it will be fulfilled. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered and all of you will leave me all alone. And then one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible, and Jesus says, but you know what? I'm never alone, for the Father is always with me. Jesus knew he couldn't rely on a Peter, and he couldn't rely on a John. Back then, Moses could rely on an Aaron and a Hur, but this battle was too great. This warfare was too satanic. Jesus had to do it himself. Jesus had to do it himself. If he would have brought his hands down, everything would have been lost. If he would have brought his devotion down, his praise down, his worship down, his dedication down, his devotion down, all would have been lost. So what does he do? Oh, I got to tell you. The God that you and I serve is so much smarter than the devil. He sees the devil's rage. He sees the devil's fury. See, the devil knew that Jesus was coming to die for his people. He he, he knew that the, the high priests, the chiefs, the priests, every year would sacrifice on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the Lamb. He, he, he knew about the Passover lamb. So he thought, aha, uh-huh, the Jews will execute the Christ. And the way that Jews do capital punishment is they stone him. But the devil's like, oh, you came at the wrong time. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Do you know who rules the land of Israel? Not you. Romans that spit at your law. Pilate says, I have no regard for your laws. You take him and you try him for yourself. The devil says, oh, I'm not going to let the priest take him out and stone him. Oh, no, no, no. You want to come down and redeem them? 
you want to redeem them, oh, then you're going to suffer. I'm going to crucify you. You will rue the day you threw me out of heaven. You will rue the day that you left heaven and clothed yourself in human flesh. The very people that you healed, that you went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil, they're going to hand you over to me and I will crucify you. And Jesus submitted. It looked like he was losing. And they put the, they put the vertical beam and the horizontal beam. But I want you to know the soldiers didn't have to pry. Jesus gave his hands. And they nailed his hands into the wood. And the devil was laughing. <laughs> filled with rage, filled with hate. I will crucify you. How do you feel now, son of God? But the devil was blinded by his rage and his hate. Because if he just would have followed God on Instagram, but he unfollowed, he would have seen this picture. Because when they lifted Jesus up, they lifted him up in this posture. They lifted him up in this position. That when the weight of the world came upon him, when the sins of man were placed upon him, when the wrath of God was directed towards him, when the fatigue of crucifixion began to set in, even if he wanted to lower his hands, he couldn't because the devil nailed his hands in place. Jesus died devoted. He died in praise. He died in worship. He died exalting. He died devoted. He died lifting his hands because my hands will be lifted till the sun goes down so the man who was trapped in the valley so the Joshua's in the valley can have victory over the devil because my hands are lifted until come on somebody give God a praise give him a praise the God that we serve is an awesome God he's a mighty God come on praise him come on praise him Come on, everyone, stand to your feet. We're out of time. I want to make sure Dr. Matt and Michaela invite me back. I better lift your hands high to heaven. Do you see how your God is so much smarter than the devil? Come up. Come up in your faith. Come up in your understanding. Come up in your revelation. Come up in your warfare. Come up. God is saying, come up. There's a window open. Come up. God wants to bring you up today. He wants to bring you to a brand new place. Come up. What do I do when I get up? Worship. What do I do when I get up? Praise. What do I do when I get up? Stay devoted. What do I do when I get up? Prophesy. Prophesy. Moses lifted his hands as Amalek was prevailing. In other words, he didn't, let, he didn't let the enemy set the thermostat on his praise. When Israel were losing because his arms were heavy, they set him on a rock. And even though Israel was losing, he didn't wait. He lifted his hands because 
Breakthrough always follows praise. Breakthrough always, it never precedes praise, it follows praise. Breakthrough follows devotion, it never precedes devotion. He began to lift it. You, you speak, you prophesy before you see. Let the weak say, I am strong. Come on with their hands lifted. Father, we declare over this great nation, we declare the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands to iniquity. We thank you, Father God, for blessing. We thank you, Lord God, for favor. We thank you, Lord God, for righteousness. The Bible says that the throne of God is established through righteousness and justice. Righteousness and justice are the pillars of your throne. And we declare that righteousness and justice chooses our leaders, chooses our representatives, that we the people, that we the people vote and we the people decide that the authority is in we the people. We thank you for legitimate authority. We thank you for righteousness and justice right now. But Father, I'm praying for those today. Maybe you're trapped in the valley of sin. Maybe you're trapped in the valley of addiction, of hopelessness. The devil's a liar. He wants you to believe it's over. He wants you to believe that all is lost. You'll never break free from this addiction. Man, what you've done is too far gone. Maybe maybe you're, you're in a valley of shame. Maybe you're in a valley of hopelessness, despair and guilt. I want you to know Jesus Christ hung on a cross till the going down of the sun. And then he said, it is finished. And the moment he said it was finished, it was finished. All your sin forgiven. All the powers of the devil arrayed against you were defeated in that moment. Today you can be free. Today you can be forgiven. Today you can be born again. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.